he starts saying too much about me, I'm going to slip on out to the back. But, but here he comes, all right? And I love David with all my heart. I believe God. I, I say that there are people that God, and God has sent everybody to this church who's here. If he's signed you, he put you here. And God sent certain people to be a certain help to me in my ministry here. And I, and I could name, I could go down and name numbers of people. Some of you sitting right here. David is one of them. I call them our church evangelist. When I go up sometimes, these are just talking about me in front of other people. I, I kind of back up a little bit and just let them talk. But that's okay. He does a good job. I think he brought a lot of people to this church. Numbers of people here because of his witness and his testimony. Praise the Lord for that. God bless him. Brother David, I love you. Jesus, let no word from my mouth be anything that's not from you. Let my words be from you. Let me say what you need for me to say. I was born and raised a Catholic. And though my dad's family was staunch, Because of my father's family, I was in the world of the world history. I spent quite a few years there. Graduated valedictorian. as an altar boy. And I started to talk to Because there were two nuns and a monsignor in my family, I think many in the family expected me to That didn't happen. I got into high school and the way things went, my feet got planted in the world. And for the next 35 years, I lived in the world. Married, raised. 
wife, several children, divorced, and God was never really a part of my life. In fact, I later realized a lot of people on their way to Christ were tripping over me. End of 1999, start of 2000. I met my wife, Sharon, and slowly but surely, my life started to change. God has a reason for everything, and although it wasn't easy, Sharon starts God's process. I wish, I used to call it nagging. But God has another name. He called it conviction. I was under the conviction of the Lord. 2001. Then came a phone call from a lifelong friend of mine in Florida. He owned a company, a manufacturing company, that made and installed conveyors for UPS nationwide. He was looking for a general manager. I had a great job in Pennsylvania, number two administrator in the school district. But his offer was so good that it, it was going to give me every toy a man could possibly want. A boat on the St. John's, front row tickets to the Jaguar games. Now, if you want to make God laugh hysterically, tell him your plans. The reason I came to Florida was for God to put me on my knees and really show me what's important. February 12, 2006, Sharon talked me into visiting a friend in Augusta, Georgia. Actually, I think they had inspired, they, they conspired to get me there. I'm getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> Actually, it's Sharon never stopped night. I mean, convicting me about God and talked me into going to First Baptist in Middlebury, who her partner in a salon used to attend. I remember, and, and she said, you got to come to have an evangelist speaking. And so I said, okay, to keep faith in the family. I remember sitting there and not really getting involved until the evangelist said about, is there anyone here that's not baptized? And I said to myself, oh, it's not me, I'm baptized. And immediately, he looked out the audience and said, that man that just said he was baptized when he was a baby, let me tell you how this works. After several very light questions that I answered mentally and he gave me an answer for, I realized he was speaking directly 
If someone had said at the end of the service, I would have went at an altar call, I would have bet the farm to get me in the But there I was. That is the first time I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. For the next few years, we went to church, but I never really felt the glory that everybody would talk about. God's worked on me very differently than most. Sometimes I get very jealous when I hear someone say, I open up their heart and let God in. I find it hard to believe that God would want to come into this sinful heart. But I know if I can just keep moving closer, the closer I get, the better it's going to be. So we uh, Sharon talked me into going to Augusta, Georgia to see one of her friends. And her friend is a prayer partner that they have been for several years. And I know they conspired to get me. And when they got me there, they took me to church and introduced me to a pastor nun in a service. He was the first man to ever put me on my knees, praising and worshiping the Lord. We left. We did. When we came back, we, we stayed at that first Baptist for a while. And then it just, I, I don't know why, but we started looking somewhere else. And we wound up at Tunnel. Well, I received the gift of tongues and was baptized September 28, 2008. But a part of me was still in the world. I slowly fell away and Sunday became a day of chores, washing the clay, etc. We had a home in Pennsylvania, we still did. And in January of 2011, a nice storm. And I had to go up and get everything straightened out and repaired. I was up there for five or six months. In the meantime, Sharon's daughter died. As we had, we did with mom. And uh, we're spending some time with them. When I got finished, I had my travel trailer up there. When I got finished with the house and everything else, Brianne and Sharon flew up and came back with me in the travel trailer and we stopped at her. She did some different things and some fun things. One of the talks we had on the way home was Sharon really got on my face about getting back to church, especially for Brian, who really needed to be in church. And for me, and so when we returned home, we started looking and we had another testimony about how we found first assembly. But Sean found it, and, and we start going steadily to first assembly and we have another testimony. When I met Pastor Bill Register and Miss Carolyn, 
that is when my walk toward Jesus really began in earnest. We started to come to church every Sunday, and slowly but surely on Wednesday nights. It seemed for a while that every one of Pastor's sermons was directly, specifically directed at me. I was starting to feel self-conscious. Sharon started intercessory prayer and finally got me in I started helping around the church and doing odd jobs. And for the first time, we really felt dead around the summer. One Friday I was doing some repairs in the gym and Sharon called and asked me to go to a glory gathering with her that evening in the church. And that was the last thing I wanted to do. I begged God saying, I have some stuff to do here. When I get finished here, I'm going to go home and take a shower. God had me putzing around that gym for hours, and finally my phone rang, and I answered the phone, and it was Sharon, my wife, and she said, honey, I'm in the, in the church, and uh, the glory gathering is going to start, why don't you stop me? I was trapped. So I, I said, okay. I remember sitting there, I'm not going to, I was bored. I was, there was a speaker and I wasn't hearing anything that I related to or whatever. All of a sudden, she stopped. And she looked out into the audience. Now you have to understand it was still, I guess, an audience. I wasn't really thinking a lot much about congregations. But she looked out, and she said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you turn around, encourage your brothers. You men out there, I'm sure you know what it's like to be slapped in the face and and you don't like it. Well, I hate it. And it was like somebody slapped me right across the face. And then she went back, talking about the same thing she was talking about before. After she was finished, I went up and I said, where, where is that? And she said, what? I said, that scripture was the Simon Simon. And she said, I don't know. In fact, I don't even know why I said it. And I said, you're looking at the reason you said it. You know? Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. 
Start intercessory prayer and start texting my children about Jesus. I got some negative feedback. My son David, for example, he said to me, "Dad, do you remember when I was a child?" And I asked you about Jesus. What did you tell me? He said, you told me Jesus was a space truck, an alien, who got stuck here on Earth, and we killed him because we couldn't understand his power. 
My son Chad and I will have conversations about God over the phone. And I knew he was humoring me a lot. But six months before he went to the Lord, he sent me a Father's Day card that I would like to show you. Every now and then when I was raising my children, I sometimes wondered if all the body and struggles was working. If we were able to teach them enough to get them through this life, and would they ever understand how tough it was being not only a parent, but a dictator, a doctor, a parole officer, and so many other hats one, one was wearing the process. And then they do something that will carry you through that will bring tears to your eyes and make you a proudest man alive. This is one of those moments that I can't think of anyone that can most people share this moment with than you. This was the card I received from my eyes. And I'll just read the most important Dad, I just want to say have a happy Father's Day and that I love you. I know that you are always thinking of us and praying for us every day, and I appreciate it so much. I know that we are miles apart, but you'll always be close to me in my heart. And even though I don't always get a chance to say it, but I am proud of you and how you turned your life to turn your life around to Christ. And I'm very thankful that He has become such a strong influence as your continued The most important thing were the words, I am proud of you and how you turned your life around for Christ. And I am very thankful that he has become such a strong influence in your life as you continue in Christian. Neither he nor I knew just how important that statement was about him. But in six years, he would be in the world of Jesus. He called me from Bushy Hospital. I was preparing to go out there. They were doing testing, and he had just found out I was coming. My driving out there in under 14 hours is a testimony to God in itself. I remember walking in his room with Bible in hand. And I said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And he said, Dad, I want you to read me the Bible. 
Jesus help. He cried out, Jesus save me. And I know if Pastor Register will just keep at me, I'm going to see him again. I thank God for Pastor Register and Miss Carolyn. I thank God for each and every one of you. You're my family. I thank God for this church. But I thank God that I heard the words, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as meat. But I have prayed for you. Jesus is praying for each and every one of us. He's praying for me. He's praying for you. He's praying for us all. And it doesn't stop. And he doesn't quit. And I'm realizing, you know, sometimes I get aggravated with people. My friend Frank aggravates me. He aggravated me today when I told him that I was going to be here in church. He said, don't bother me. I'm out of but I realize that if Jesus gave up on me, my son wouldn't be living forever. And so I have to do what I have to do. I'll bug him and bug him and bug him and hopefully the same thing will happen to me. Sunday. To admit that I was, and I know envy is a sin and jealousy is a sin, so I really don't know what to say. So let me just say that I was very much in awe of the young Billy Register, Pastor Billy Register. And, and I was just, the words 
I just, I was just so jealous about that. You know, and then I sat back and I realized And I remember my son David and how I was just born. And I remember last year being on the football field and hearing him lead a football team. I heard words and phrases that I said over and over and over when he was praying for me. And Pastor Bill, you have to be so proud that the Spirit moves through you and moves through your son in that same exact way. God bless you. Okay. I said, what do you guys say? Oh. One more thing and then I'm through. <laughs> this Sunday is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to plead with you. I'm going to beg you. Bring somebody to church. Pastor Bill and Miss Carmen. I just want, I, you know, there's no way I could ever repay them for what they have done for me and my family. My David is on the way. He's talking about starting a, a, a hard rock Christian band. He's taking his children to church. And he's starting to work on his brothers and sisters. And it's all because of you, Pastor. It's all because of you. You know, everybody remembers when they were saved. And there were some important parts of my life. Silent Sabbath. I remember a time in the old church when my wife and I were leaving and I forgot my Bible. And I walked back in and passed the register was kneeling at the altar, kneeling on the floor and laying on the first step. And I got my Bible. And for some reason, I just walked over to him. I put my Bible down. I knelt next to him and put my hand on his back. The next thing I remember was sitting up, covered in sweat, my stomach hurt, but it was the greatest hurt I've ever felt. I looked at my watch, and over an hour and a half, I came I put my hand on his knee, and I said, Pastor, I've just been someplace I've never been before. And I really believe that that was what did it for me. I was someplace that was glorious and free and praising the Lord. In fact, I told him a couple Wednesdays ago, or a couple Wednesdays after that, when he was talking about travailing in the Spirit, and I said, that's what happened that day. And he said, yeah. And I said, I want that again. He said, it just doesn't happen that easy. But those are the things that Pastor and Miss Carol have brought to me. Please, I'm begging, bring someone with you this Sunday. Bring someone here 
give up. Christ didn't give up on me. And I won't give up. Don't give up. Thank you.